0: Sunday sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now onto this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater today we are wrapping up a series uh, called Why. And I suppose it's a bit of a loose series. Uh, Essentially, it's asking the hard, well, exploring the the, the difficult questions uh, around how God works in our life and in the world, especially the harder parts of that. You know, the first two weeks we talked about the ways that Things happen in this world that we don't understand, that we have trouble reconciling with knowing that there's a loving God. Like the first week, we talked about evil. Uh, We talked about things like genocide, uh, murder, Um, of course, terrible news from Texas and these shootings that keep happening uh, in our country. Why, how can a loving God allow this to keep happening? And we don't have any real answers for that. You know, I warned you at the very start that you would leave unsatisfied, Uh, however, there are questions that we have to wrestle with and at least we can look and see where God is working in the midst of it. The second week we talked about sickness, natural suffering, you know, that unavoidable part of life that sometimes people fall ill and while we can't explain why some fall ill younger or older in ways more tragic or less, we can at least look for God in the midst of it all. And then last week, we lightened it up a little bit and talked about where God is in our daily life. You know, how do we learn a sense of how God moves, not necessarily in the tragedies, but just every day? How do we we learn to follow God and to truly follow? Now today, no, and if you missed any of those, by the way, you can always go back on our website or in our podcast feed. I actually think the podcast, the sermon podcast, is one of the most underutilized things. So if it interests you, uh, subscribe to it and you can always, uh, always catch any that you missed. But today, we're coming back to what's mostly a summary, I suppose. However... More importantly, today is about hope. It's about the reason we can have hope. It's what these other weeks showed us, what they taught us, what wrestling with these questions reveals to us that explain why we can be people of hope. Now, I would say that there are two big ideas. I launched Siri on my iPad. I don't know how that happened. Okay. (laughs) Uh, as As I think about the other three weeks in this series, I'd say there are two big ideas that came to the surface in all three of them. The first one is this, that struggle is unavoidable. Now that's the hard part for us to understand. You know, part of us kind of wishes that God would just make everything better, that everything would be easy, right? Uh, However, if we've learned anything with these first three weeks, it's that struggle is unavoidable. The second one is that God helps us in the struggle. In fact, God never fails to be present and to be helping us in the struggle and that God never fails to use it for good. And both of those things, all of this, is captured in one scripture, and it's the one, I want, the one we read a few moments ago. And I want to read it to you again, but I'm going to stop a lot because it's so dense. There's so much going on. And I want you to appreciate what all Paul is telling us uh, in, these, uh, in this uh, passage in Romans. So it starts like this we know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God for those who are called according to his purpose now this is one of my favorite verses to talk about because and it's one that's often misunderstood maybe you've heard me say this before but I'm going to say it again because of how important it is there are some translations that render this verse all things work together for good and that's a little bit misleading and that's not quite what it says in the Greek you see if you say all things work together for good it implies that everything happens on purpose that everything is a piece of a puzzle that's going to go together and I don't think that's necessarily the case sometimes I think tragedy just happens it's not necessarily God's will no the better way to uh, understand this verse and that's closer to the original Greek is this God works all things together for good it's a verb so instead of uh, in instead of picturing puzzle pieces, think of it like a lump of clay that the potter then works or wood, a uh, rough piece of wood that a, uh, a carpenter then works into something that's beautiful. That's what God does with all things in our life. God works them. He put, brings them together. He shapes them. He molds them and he works us into something that is great. So we know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Then a little bit further down, Paul says, who will separate us from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble or distress or harassment or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now you notice the assumption that bad things will happen? Paul is not here saying that if you love God hard enough, nothing bad's going to happen to you. No, Paul is operating with the assumption that yes, there will be bad things. There will be, what's his list? Trouble, distress, harassment, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. These bad things will happen. But, he says, in all these things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. Now, There's another phrase here I want to dig into. In fact, it's a single word in Greek. Greek. Uh, The way it's uh, translated here is we win a sweeping victory. Now, the Greek word is nakao. Now, I, I, I studied more Hebrew than Greek, so I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but it's nakao. And nakao means to have victory over or to prevail or to overcome. So if a, an ancient kingdom won a war, nikaō, they had victory, they overcame, right? But it's also used in the personal sense. When you have a struggle in your life and you overcome it, that's nakao. But Paul in this passage adds a prefix to it. And it's a prefix that we use in English too, so you're going to understand exactly what it means. Do you want to know what he says? He doesn't just say nakao, he says hyper nakao. Hyper means more, it means extra, it means a lot of it, right? So he says uh, that, that we are not only overcomers, we are hyper overcomers. We don't just win the victory. We, 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 we win a sweeping victory. We're not just prevailers. We're hyper prevailers. We're ones who prevail over everything that comes our way. But is it something we do on our own? No, don't let that distract you from the last part of the verse. But in all these things, we are hyper nikao through the one who loved us, through Jesus, we become hyper-overcomers. You know, I'm a big believer that parenting is one of the best teachers of faith. Whether you're one who's called to be a parent or not, there's still much that can be learned. And one thing I've learned, a phrase that I really like, is that sometimes you have to let your kids bump into stress. Now, let me give you an example. There are some things that I really wish I could just do for my kids, and I could. Like, for instance, their math homework. Well, okay, I could do most of it. There's some questions in the lower grades that are really hard, but we won't go there for a second. (laughs) You know, I wish I could just do that homework for them uh, so that they they wouldn't be troubled by it, so that they wouldn't be stressed by it. But... It's not just about them learning math. Well, it is. It's a little bit about learning math. But it's also about them learning to overcome the challenge. It's about them learning to face a difficult thing and not back down from it and to be an overcomer and to learn to cross that bump, right? And if I just swoop in and say the answer is five, <laughs> then you, that's not how you don't learn to be an overcomer, do you? And you certainly don't learn to be a hyper-overcomer. You know, I remember uh, when my grandpa taught me how to ride a bike. My, uh, my grandpa was my uh, daycare growing up. And uh, so he's the one who taught me how to ride a, ba- uh, ride a bike. And I remember being scared, of course. You know, maybe if you remember back far enough, you can remember that uneasy feeling on the bike. And, you know, what if I fall? You kind of get that going on. And at first, of course, my grandpa had his hands on me. Right? So, I, so he was studying me so I could learn what it feels like. And then as I got better at it, as I got a little bit stronger, as I got a little more confident, what happens? Right? He begins to move his hands away and it was scary to balance on my own and especially with a bicycle because you know that balance really only comes when you start moving. You have to go forward in order to to maintain that balance and so at first I start to go forward really slowly and he follows along holding me and if I start to tip gives me a little bit of reassurance, gives me a little bit of balance to tip back toward the center, right? So that I would learn to overcome the challenge of balancing on a bicycle. Now, eventually, I outrode his ability to follow behind me, right? That's the part I didn't understand till I was a parent. <laughs> eventually, they move faster than you can run. <laughs> now, of course, I had to take a few tumbles. And that's where this metaphor breaks down. Because we see that God, when God's teaching us life, when God's teaching us to overcome the struggles of life, God never lets us fall completely. We may skin a knee or two, but God never lets us fall completely. But it's similar because as we learn to live, as we learn to be the hyper overcomers that we're called to be, God gives us moments when we have to face it ourselves, when we have to face challenges that we never imagined, that we have to face challenges sometimes that are different than other people. And yet, God is still there. And yet, God is still there, knowing that we will never fall completely. You want to hear how the scripture passage ends? Because the end is the best part. Paul writes, but in all these things, We win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. I'm convinced, he writes, that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or death or anything else that is created can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ can sickness separate us from God? No. Can cancer separate us from God? No. Can murder, can genocide that we talked about the first week, can even that separate us from the love of God? No, it cannot. And in all these things, we become hyper-overcomers through Jesus. You see, God takes our wobbliness, God takes our falls and uses them to teach us, helps us to grow into better writers, to better livers. There is no challenge in this world that God cannot turn into good. And even when the time comes that we breathe our last, whether it's become because of an accident or an illness, whether it happens when we're young or whether it happens simply from old age, even then we know that God still has us because through Christ even death leads to resurrection. All that's left is the question of how this knowledge changes how we live. All that's left is the question of how knowing this changes the way we face the problems that come our way and it seems to me it ought to give us more confidence (laughs) yeah we know that hard parts will be part of the journey and we're not exactly looking to the time when we get sick or those that we love we're not exactly looking forward to it but we also know it's unavoidable so maybe we feel feel a little bit of fear hopefully just the healthy kind of fear but when trouble comes rather than being devastated by the bump in the road instead we face it we face our challenges because we know that death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor present things or future things nor powers nor height or depth or any other thing can separate us from the one who calls us to be a hyper overcomer and the one that will not let us fall because of who God is in the face of adversity, we stand tall and we live as people of hope. We face life's problem with a confidence that comes from far beyond ourself. And if that isn't worth an amen, I don't know what is. Would you pray with me? Oh God, thank you that you call us to be hyper overcomers and that you help us to get there. Thank you. Thank you even more so for that part, God. Because you know that we need it. Lord, as we prepare to come to your table today, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the ways that we've stumbled, the ways that we've fallen short, the ways that we have sinned. Oh God, even these are bumps in the road where you will not abandon us. And so God, we stand before you honestly as the people who we are, as the people who are not at the end yet. And we thank you for Jesus, who not only helps us to overcome, but who makes us whole even in the midst of our own weakness. Oh God, may we receive that gift today to the depths of who we are and may we come before your table both humbly, knowing that it is only through you that we stand, but may we also come to your table with the kind of confidence that can only come from children of the God who makes us hyper-overcomers. We pray it in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.